Well, good morning. I'm going to move this really quick. How you guys doing? Did everyone have a good Christmas? Good. I had a good Christmas. I bought myself some new boots. Yeah. Well, hey, I'm Stephen Weissung. I am the youth director here, and I have the privilege of uh, being up here and giving you the word this morning. And uh, before we jump into what we're going to be talking about this morning, I just want to say that I think we have the greatest staff here at First Covenant Church. So can we give it up for our staff? I love working with all these people. And, and also, I think we have some of the greatest families and students that I've ever been able to work with. And so can we give it up for all of our kids and students? Love these guys. But uh, I started doing something this week that I think all of us just sort of naturally do. I took time throughout my week and I really, I processed, I evaluated, and I thought through my year. And I think we all just sort of naturally do this. At some point, Within the next couple days, if you haven't done it already, some of you might take to your journals and you might go into your journals and you're going to write out your thoughts about the year in your journal. You might take your phone and you might open the notes app and your phone and you might write down some resolutions that you have for this next year. And a resolution is basically something that you looked back on and you said, wow, I did that really bad this last year. I want to be good at that. This next year, uh, some examples that I, I kind of wrote down is I put maybe some of us, we want to go on a diet. Maybe some of us, are, we're going to say, I need to get fit. Maybe some of us will go, I, I need to manage my money better. Some of you might say, I don't want to be a couch potato. Some of you might say, find a date. What? Oh, that, that, that one was mine. I don't know how it, uh, some of you, some of you might, you might say, scroll less on your phone and be more involved with people, resolutions. But I found in my reflections this week that I started doing something that, again, just comes naturally to us. As I started to think about my year, I began to categorize it. And I started to put it into two categories. I had the good side and I had the bad side. And in my reflections, I started asking myself, I said, well, was this a good year for me or a bad year? For me, this was the year that I went without Chipotle. The struggle is real. Hashtag this hash all this for all the cool people. This hashtag hashtag the struggle is real. This was the year that I, I woke up one morning and I, I looked into a mirror and I realized I thought to myself, I said, wow, little Steve is turning into round Steve. And I realized that this was the year I was out of shape. I looked into the mirror for my heart, God's Word, and I realized, man, God's Word, it's, it's my profession, but is it my personal confession? I think I'm living out of shape. This was the year that I got to have the opportunity to go to Covenant Cedars Bible camp this summer, and I got to speak, so I, I was making money. That's a good thing. This was the year that I really wanted to learn more. I really thought, you know, learning is a good thing. And if you want to be a good leader, you've got to be a good learner. So I wanted to learn more. So I started reading more and I started listening to more sermons. And I started trying to learn. This was the year that uh, one Friday morning, Friday is my day off. So one Friday morning I, I woke up, I was out of shape, I wanted to go to the gym. And I got out, I took, turned my key in my car and the car didn't start. My battery died. And so I felt 
stranded. And this might be a year for some of you that maybe you felt stranded in a job, in your faith, or in a relationship. Uh, this was the year that my, my dad came out to visit, and it was really awesome, but then he had to go home, and I, all of a sudden I felt distant from my family. And we all have these moments, and we go throughout our year, and we have all these experiences and these things that we go through, and at the end of the year, or in the middle of the year, or wherever in the year we find ourselves, we are always constantly asking ourselves, well, was that a good thing, or was that a bad thing? Hey, am I doing good, or am I doing bad? And if good things happen, we put them over here in the, in the good category. If good things happen, we put it over there. But then we've got all these mistakes and disappointments and failures that we put over here in the bad category. And what I noticed this week as I was evaluating my years, I thought, we don't just do this with our year. We really, we do this with our life. We're constantly categorizing our life and we have all these moments and and I I could go through and I could keep writing and I I will keep writing because when I was a, a junior in high school, I paid more attention to the cute girls on the side of the road than I did at the traffic, and I rear-ended the person in front of me, and I got a reckless driving ticket. It was a foolish choice. I I remember uh, my parents came home from a, a routine doctor's appointment, and they came home and they said, hey, your mom, she's just been diagnosed with cancer. And now all of a sudden I had to contemplate life, and death. We have these categories, these moments. When I, when I was in high school, I remember I, I felt alone, I felt invisible, and I felt worthless, and I got depressed. And I got so depressed that all of a sudden I, I started to feel purposeless. To the point that I remember one night, I was laying in my bed, and I remember I looked up, and I, I just thought, if Stephen Weissong didn't exist, would anyone care? Would anyone care? Because I was sitting there going, I don't have a purpose, and that's a bad thing. But then I went to Africa, and I encountered God in the most amazing way there. And for some of you in this room, I don't know how you're categorizing your life. Maybe you're feeling lost. Maybe you feel like you've suffered a loss. Maybe you're sitting there and you're feeling like, I have a lot of doubt when it comes to my faith, when it comes to what I know about God, and I'm struggling with my doubt. Or maybe you've experienced a failure in your life. You've experienced a failure and it's really hurting. Maybe there's some of us that in this room we've done some things that we thought were good. Maybe we partied. We drank. We had a relationship that we thought was good, but in the end it turned out to be a bad thing. It didn't really fulfill us, and so all of a sudden now we have shame and guilt built up. And we all have these categories that we go through. And there's some things that we all agree on. There's some stuff that we all agree on. There's some things like, be honest. That's a good thing. You should go to church. That's a good thing. But then there's some stuff that's over here in the bad category that we all agree on. We have an enemy. 
He's bad. You shouldn't lie, cheat, or steal. That's bad. We all have these things that we all agree on. There's good things. There's bad things. If we were to talk to each other, we'd all agree on those things. Then there's some stuff that we don't really know about. This year there's been a lot of stuff in the news about guns and drugs and riots. But maybe in Kansas the guns would be over here on the, the good side. There's some stuff that we aren't, aren't sure about. There, there's families. Families, they're, they're good. But I guess that really depends on the time of season. Because for some of us, families are a bad thing. There's a lot of pain with our families. Parents, your kids can sometimes be angels. And then other times, be demons. There's things like sex. Sex before you're married is is bad, but sex after you're married is good. There's things like your present circumstances, which right now may feel like they're on the bad category. And you're sitting there, you're going, but if I work hard enough, if I work hard enough, I can get my present circumstances and I can bring my future over here to the good category. And we have these things that we aren't really sure about and we what we begin to do is uh, with our lives is we begin to look at our our lists and we begin to look at our categories and we end up putting our worth and our value in these things and we say the good category we say if i could get enough stuff over here if i can achieve enough stuff right here then i'll be doing good then i'll know i've made it but i don't know about you and i you can look at our board but what begins to happen is life is, is the bad category keeps piling up and piling up and stacking up and stacking up. And life becomes this up and down. And can I tip the scale this way or that way? And when this happens, life becomes more about what we've done rather than whose we are. Maybe that's why we're called human, human beings and not human doings. So what do we do with all this? Because there's a lot riding on this. My worth and my value and my purpose are all riding on this. So, so what do we do? Well, I found that we usually approach our categories with two tactics. And the first tactic is this. One, we say, I'll fix it. I'll fix it. Now, I, I, I'm going to show you in just a second. Don't show them yet. Just a second. I'm going to show you a graphic image. And before you get mad at me or before you send emails, I've already talked with Doug and Wes about this. I've consulted our church council. And this image, you might want to cover your kids' eyes. It's kind of disturbing. Um, there's a prayer team. They're ready for you if you get really disturbed. But, but this image, it just shows it perfectly how some of us are, how our lives look. So here, here's the image. Oh, that just kills me. Look at that. If you've ever cracked your phone, you know. You know but, but for some of us, that, that picture, that's not just a picture of a broken iPhone. That's a picture that sums up maybe your life story. And maybe there's some of you that that's what your life looks like. And how many of us know that, that if we don't have the power to fix our own phones, that there's no way we could pick up our own lives and piece it back together on our own with our own willpower we cannot take things in the bad category and make it good these things they're too heavy it's too messy and we can't fix it so we try tactic number two and tactic number two is 
I'll call it all good. I'll just call it all good. And the verse that comes to mind here is Romans 8, 28. It says, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are, co- and are called according to his purpose for them. And what we do is we take the bad category and we just relabel it good. And we go, it's all good. It's all good because I love God and because he's at work. It's all good. But then I started to think about the pastor, the worship pastor at my, my dad's church. And this is a great promise. And I, could, I guess I could close here this morning and say, hey, let's pray. It's all good. But I started to think about my, the worship pastor at my dad's church. And I, I thought about how after one service, the last service of the day, he, he, was, he was approached and he was told, hey, your, your sister just died. And I started to think about the, the pain of that news and the sadness of that news. But, but don't worry. It's all good. No, it definitely isn't all good. And so what do we do? What do we do with these things that are stacking up, these categories? What do we do if we can't fix it, if we can't call it all good? What do we do with everything that's stacking up in our lives? This past year I started doing something in the Bible that I really haven't done before. And what I did is I started to read all of Paul's letters. Started in Romans. Yes, that's the, that's the first one. Started in Romans and I made my way all the way through to Philemon. And then I'm reading Hebrews, which I think Paul... I don't know. We don't know who wrote that one. But I started to read all Paul's letters. And what I noticed as I read Paul's letters is there's this line that pops up continually in his letters. And it's this line that I think can provide maybe a solution for our categories. And the line is, in Christ. In Christ. And so a lot of us, we look at our categories and our lives and we go, how in the world could God love me? How in the world could God love someone so messed up? How could he love someone so broken? There's no way. Doesn't he see what I've done? Doesn't he see all the bad things that I've done? But Paul writes in Romans 8.1, he says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So in Christ, there is no condemnation. Because when... God comes in, when Jesus comes in to clean you, he's not coming in just to fix you. He's coming in to make you new. Jesus is the life raft that is saving you from the sea of condemnation. Listen again to what Paul says. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. So in Christ, I'm made new. If you're in Christ, you're new. In Christ, you have unbelievable Value. You could write that down. In Christ, I have value. Let's go back to our phones for a second. Because I also did something this year that some of you are going to want me to put in the good category, and some of you will want me to put that in the bad category. But I did something this year. I went to a K-State football game. Yeah. It was awesome. It was awesome. And how many of you know when you go to a football game, at some point in your journey there, you will have to go to the bathroom? Now, what would happen if you went into the bathroom at the K-State Bill Snyder Stadium and you dropped your phone in the toilet? Mass confession, really quick. Who's dropped their phone in the toilet before? 
Oh my gosh, I can't believe you just admitted that. I have some wipes here if you want to see me after. Don't touch. No, I'm just kidding. But seriously, what would happen if you dropped your phone in a toilet? Most of us wouldn't step back and evaluate the situation. We wouldn't step back and go, oh my gosh, there has been thousands of people that have used this toilet. Do I really want to stick my hand in here? No, we don't do that. The phone falls in. We're going in after it. Hey, get that thing. That's my phone. It's amazing what you'll stick your hand into in order to retrieve something that you have deemed valuable. Isn't it? And now picture that on a bigger scale with God. We were born sick. We were born stuck. We were born here on the bad side. But God, in all of his goodness, reached over and he pulled us out. Because get this, you are valuable to God in Christ. If you're in Christ, you have value. Notice it doesn't say if you're in the good, if you've achieved, if you've succeeded, if you're good, then you can be valuable. No, if you're in Christ, you're valuable. Now, here's the other thing that I love about being in Christ, because listen to this verse. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Ephesians 2.10. So in Christ, I can live on purpose. Being in Christ frees us up from being contained by our categories, from being from putting our worth on our list so we can be freed up to live for a purpose. I I don't know if you've noticed this, but we are constantly being bombarded with the message of chase your dreams. Chase your dreams. Our culture tells us constantly, if you're successful enough, if you achieve enough, if you're fit enough, if you become liked enough, then you'll be happy if you chase those dreams. Dreams, But what I've found is usually when we chase our dreams, we end up waking up in a nightmare. This past year, a, a famous comedian, Robin Williams, passed away. And Robin Williams, if we put him under a microscope, we could just see that he lived the American dream. He chased his dreams. He was the funniest man for some of us to ever live. He was successful. He had everything. And yet that wasn't good enough for him. And so what I've realized is that this world has nothing that can satisfy our soul. So if this world can't satisfy our souls, then maybe we were created for something other than this world in our categories. And I believe that's to have a relationship with God in Christ. You know, we're all going to experience good times and bad times. And what I've learned so far in my life is that the bad times don't play favorites. Bad times aren't reserved for a select few. Tragedy isn't exclusive. Tragedies are really inclusive. But what I've noticed when the bad times hit in my life, if I'm in Christ, then I respond to my bad times differently. Listen to Paul in Philippians 4, 7. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So if you're in Christ, I can conquer the categories that seem to be conquering the world. A lot of people, they don't want to give their life to to Jesus, to Christ, because of this question. Well, what if I mess up? What then? You know what? You will. We all do. But being in Christ means we're trying to overcome our mess-ups. 
We all, have, we all are wired this way. It's called conditional love. And for all of us, because we're wired with conditional love, we, we think God is too. So we think at some point when we mess up, God's going to get sick of us and throw us to the curb and get rid of us. We're all wired that way. When I, when I wanted to get my iPhone 6, I did something. I, I switched over from Verizon to Sprint to get the iPhone 6. And when I got into Sprint, I had conditional love because all of a sudden I realized Sprint maybe isn't the greatest. If your car breaks down, it stinks. If your sports team loses, they stink and you should fire the coach. We all know this. We all have conditional love. But get this, once I'm in Christ, I am never out of God's love. His promise is to always love you. Not because we're so awesome or we're so great, but because he's so awesome and he's so great. We should be out. But in Christ, God says we're in. Paul in Romans 5, 8 says, But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still on the good side. While we were still perfect. No, while we were still sinners. So while we were still over here on the bad side, before we had any business of being over here on the good side, Jesus, the only good one, came in and he brought us over here. Before we had any business of being there. And that's where Romans 8.28 comes back into play. And we can put it up on the screen, Romans 8.28. It starts off by saying, and we know. Admittedly, we don't know a whole lot. Admittedly, we don't really know what we're doing over here with our categories. But Paul writes, and we know. A lot of us focus on this verse, and we, we focus on causes everything to work together. But if we were to get grammatical, the subject of this verse isn't good. The subject is God. And the verb of that verse is work. And so the thought that we get is God is working. So what do we know? We know that in the midst of our good times and in the midst of our bad times, God is working. Well, what's he working on? Well, I believe he's working on the comfort of our souls to feel the freedom of his unconditional love from our categories to experience his promises so what does any of this have to do with the talk title today the category killer if you haven't been able to tell i really like my iphone i do and my liking for apple and their products started 10 years ago when i graduated high school and my uncle brought me my high school graduation present and it was the ipod classic a little click wheel is the ipod classic now when that thing came out it became so successful that people started calling it a category killer. And the type of category killer we're talking about is when a product or company becomes so successful and so good at what they do, they put everybody out, everybody else out of business. And to the point where sometimes the product replaces the name for the category. We all know this. If you go to search something on the Internet, you Bing it. No. You Google it. If you want to listen to music and you came up to me and you said, hey, can I have your MP3 player? I'd say, uh, I'm sorry, what are you talking about? You'd say, no, can I have your iPod? Well, we all know this. And Apple is the most valuable company in the world because they've created lots of products like this. Apple creates category killers. They've had the innovation to create things that people Want. Likewise, our great God had the innovative plan to send Jesus to the cross. And on the cross, Jesus got rid of our good and bad 
categories and he took them to the grave with him. On the cross, Jesus is killing our obsession with trying to find our worth and our value and our categories because get this, our God is a category killer. And we should, we shouldn't be surprised by this. Jesus reflected this his whole life. Jesus hung out with the drunks and the tax collectors, the bad people. Jesus had compassion for the mess-ups, the socially unacceptable, the sinners, the bad people. Jesus confronted the religious people, the good people. Jesus was fully God and fully man. What do we do with that? Jesus was loved by God and forsaken by God at the same time. What do we do with that? Where do we put that? Jesus came down. He laid his life down for us. And then three days later, he defeated the very thing that put him in the grave. He buried the sins of us all. He took down all of our categories with him. Now, here's the part I've been waiting for, because Paul wrote Romans 8, 28, but also several verses later, he coined another passage, Romans 8, 37. Now, keep in mind, this is Paul writing. Paul was the guy who hated Christians. He hated them so much, he killed them. Paul had a list of categories that would make us look good. That's how bad Paul was when Romans 8:37 he writes this no despite all these things overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us so despite all these things despite all the bad things Paul continues to write and this is where I need some participation it's up here Paul continues to write if you could read this out loud that would be awesome Paul writes I am convinced Romans 8:38 I am convinced So you can spend your whole life trying to minimize the bad by stacking up the good. Just so you can feel valuable. But on the cross, Jesus answers the question, am I valuable? With a resounding yes. Yes, you are. You are valuable. You are loved. You are a child of God. Being in Christ means that you are never out of God's love. And this next year, as it begins to unfold, there's going to be good things that are going to happen. And there's going to be bad things that are going to happen. But the best thing of all is that in the midst of all of that, God is working because he's a category killer. I wrote down in my notes this week uh, just a little thought that I'll pass on to you. And my thought is this. I, I just wrote down, if I'm in Christ, God is working in me. To produce his work through me. If I'm in Christ, God is working in me to produce his work through me. So many of us base our lives and our worth with God on our performance. But God bases our worth on one line. In Christ. If you're in Christ, God is working. If you're in Christ, God will fulfill his promises. If you're in Christ, you are Valuable. The late theologian Dallas Willard once said, The most important thing about you is not the things you achieve, it's the person that you become. So it's not the good or the bad category that ultimately defines us, but rather it is who we are becoming. And my hope for us and my hope for you, my hope for myself is that the person we become would be a person that looks more and more like Christ. Because once you're in Christ, you're never out of God's love. And that is the best good news we could ever hear. Let me pray for us.
Well, God, thank you so much for the work that you do in our lives. God, I thank you for Jesus who on the cross took down our, our obsession with, with our categories. God, I thank you for Jesus who buried them in the grave and then three days later defeated them. God, I pray as this new year unfolds that we would know if we're in Christ, you are working in us to produce your work through us. And God, may some of us in this room, no matter the situations, the trials, the circumstances that we're going through, God, may we know that if we're in Christ, we are never out of your love. Thank you for the good news of that message. In your awesome, awesome name, amen.